It's time to drink some bourbon. And I'm only hoping I don't get sued for saying it just like that. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And this is Puncher's Chance. It is a Kentucky straight bourbon, a blend of four, five, and six-year-old Kentucky straight bourbons. Really interesting in putting it together. We're talking about 90 proof, so nice and easy. And I'll get to the price in a second, Fingers Malloy, because I know price means a great deal to you. But why is it called Puncher's Chance? What did I say? I said it's time to drink some bourbon. This is the bourbon of Bruce Buffer. Now, you know Michael Buffer as the wrestling announcer and the let's get ready guy. He's the wrestling announcer. He's the boxing announcer? Boxing announcer. Wait. He, I mean, he's he does, not the wrestling guy? He's done wrestling. Okay, that's how I know him, as the wrestling guy. For special events like WCW back in the day would bring him in. That's how if I... If Hulk Hogan was going to take on Ric Flair. That's that's my youth, baby. Yeah, but usually that's, he was a boxing guy. That's who I... Anything with Jimmy Snuka, I'm <laughs> totally in favor of. Uh, but the brother is, is, uh, is Bruce. Right. And Bruce is the UFC guy. Right, the mixed martial arts guy. And when he's doing the announcing, he does the big thing. I'm not going to do it because these people are very serious about their catchphrases. <laughs> Don't mess with them. But this is his. And this is this, this mix of bourbons. It is not everywhere. Now, it's in a fair amount of states. Florida, Texas, California, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Minnesota, Indiana, where we are right now, Georgia, Tennessee, and your beloved Michigan. Yes. Fingers my How are the Detroit Lions doing, by the way? Uh, uh, well, uh, the the kicker won the city of Detroit uh, free Bud Light. We can get into that later. We will. Puncher's Choice. So this is 45%. It's a 90 proof uh, right here. Um, doing the nose, that is sweet. There's vanilla. There's a bit of citrus on the nose. That's a very, very, as we've sampled a lot of bourbons, as we do, that's a very, very simple Simple nose. We, of course, do it neat and then bring it to a cube or just a little bit of water or, or something else. It's in, it doesn't hit me as uh, very ethanol-y. It doesn't hit me as anything medicinal. Just just there, if, if you will. That's not a bad thing. It's just right there. Yeah, there's uh, orange notes. Uh, it's spicy. It's not fighting with my nose. <laughs> I feel for the guys in post who have to <laughs> compress that one. Um there's also a touch of wood in there. You can actually get a little bit of oak on the nose. Uh, I'm ready to. I'm ready to take a sip. As I said, we do it neat. I usually do two sips because the first one really does kind of reset the the the, the palate, reset the tongue, and then the second one I, for me is where I'm able to get a little more flavor. Your your palate may be different. Are you ready, fingers more? Uh, absolutely. I, I had a McRib on the way here. Oh, uh, so, did you? Yeah. I, I hope it'll blend well. I, I only assume the McRib blends well with everything. Here chance. it goes. Puncher's Chance, he's taking his uh, sip right there, and he's doing the Kentucky Chew right there, and Fingers Malloy. Okay, for me, I am getting a little bit of dark chocolate and th that the spice, no burn, no sting, very, very smooth, very enjoyable. A touch of the citrus at the end, but uh, this is something at least... The first uh, taste, it's very good. I'm gonna do another sip. I'm gonna do another sip right okay. here because I am not, I am, I am not where you are right now. Okay. Which happens, right? Right. So th what Tony's doing right now, he's taking a sip. He's he's doing the Memphis Munch. It is uh, the Chattanooga Chomp, I believe <laughs> is what you call it. It's actually called the Kentucky Chew. Okay. 
There is a touch of citrus in there. There's definitely some chocolate in there. But I am getting just absolute heat, right? Mm-hmm. My, uh, the lips sting a little. No, just a little bit of bite, if you will, on the mid-tongue. Nothing uh, down the back of the throat. It is resting mid-chest, but my mouth is hot. Really? Hot. Let me say it again. Hot. Well, I I'm not sure where I'm. I am cubing it immediately. I'm not even wasting time. I need this thing to open up and see what we get. See what builds out of it right here. That's interesting. Now, I'm not saying that somebody's not going to enjoy this, and especially at $35 a bottle. Oh, that's beautiful. Gets a little applause from fingers, right? This is something that you're going to be like, right, I'll give that a shot. Bruce Buffer, I'll totally give that a shot and and see see what it's about. I want to know if a cube opens it up. Now, if people get funny about the cube, like they get funny about water. Oh, no, you can't dilute it. Oh, no, no, you can't mix it. Look, water has this, the effect on bourbon is it brings out flavors. It, it, it allows the bourbon to kind of expand and grow. And when you're dealing with a blend here, right, you're getting different pieces from different barrels in different ways. Four years, five years, six years, right? All of those would be a straight bourbon. Anything that's in the barrel for more than two years is a straight bourbon. And a bourbon is 51% corn, right? It has to be a first use, uh, a charred oak, American charred oak barrel, and you can only be diluted with water to bring down the proof, right? You got to be at certain levels of proof in order to be a, a bourbon. But when you get those those blends, you're getting a bunch of different tastes. The difference between four years and six years in the barrel, depending on the barrel and depending on where that barrel is in the rick, right? That, that could create huge, huge spreads. So right now, I'm telling you that there's nothing bad here, but I'm... I'm, it's confusing my palate. It's not giving me enough of the flavors in complementary ways. It's just hitting me with them. And I'm hoping what the water will do, what the, what the chip will do, the ice chip, is will kind of smooth some things out and allow some of these things to play a little bit better together. That's where I'm at. Well, what I like about this is it, this is the, the right flavor notes for me for a winter, fall bourbon uh you know the uh the spice uh you know warms you up a little bit uh the dark chocolate notes that you get from this i uh, to me it, this screams winter mm-hmm. bourbon now this is also a a uh, funny for this for this blend it, it is pale right though this is very very gold uh, right here as opposed to some of those deep ambers and other things that we see. I'm going to try it again. I've got the, the chip melted okay. out. Um, yep. It's it just a small chip, guys. We're not talking about big big rock, big cube here. Here we go. Here we go again. Oh, look at it. He's doing the uh, what are we with the Chattanooga Chomp I believe we came up with. Okay. Cube helps. Cube helps. Chocolate is a little more pronounced. There's actually a little bit of, of for me, a, a, a floral that's kind of happening along here. But that could just be a morphing of citrus flavors, right, that I'm taking in, in another way. Again, re, for me, real heat Wow, in the mid-chest. That's not necessarily a bad thing, especially if it's winter, right? Right. That's not a bad thing at all. Uh, one of the things that we don't do, or we try not to do, is set something on fire, right? Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, you shouldn't drink that. The reason we don't is because our palates are ours and yours are completely different. And the last thing we're going to do is insult your palate. This could work for you. But what this is not, this does not play for me 
in big levels of complexity. There's a couple of flavors. The chip helped them come together, but it's still hitting in a way for me that's just too big and not complimentary. But you're like, oh no no, this is this makes oh this I makes think Daddy that's happy. very enjoyable, and especially at that price point, thirty five dollars. Right. I think this should be in your liquor cabinet. You got to let us know what you think of this. This is Puncher's Chance Kentucky Straight Bourbon. This comes from Wolf Spirit uh, Distillery, uh, by the way. Give it a shot. Let us know what you think of Puncher's Chance on Facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke. It's always important to do a gratuitous Detroit Lions story. Eat, drink, smoke. Good to be with you. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. Fingers is his given name, by the way. Uh, he is a ridiculous, sad, pathetic Detroit Lions fan. Forward down the field, a charging team that will not yield. And Are when the singing? blue and silver we're out, wave, we're out in public. stand and cheer the brave. Rah, like, rah, rah. like, there's not a person in Blend Cigar Lounge where we record who isn't staring at you right now. Uh, how, how are the uh, Detroit Lions doing, Fingers Malloy? Uh, it's a it's a standard year. Oh, you're six and ten? Uh, no, we were five and eleven this year. Uh, oh, that's all right. We fired the GM and the head coach at the, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, or the, the the Monday after Thanksgiving. Excuse me. So no more Pat, Matt Patricia. No more Matt Patricia. No. You know more he was a defensive bomb. mastermind with oh, Bill Belichick. Oh, he was a he was an engineer. He was a genius. Uh, he was a, a defensive prodigy. Uh, right. He, the hottest name for new head coaches in the league, and he didn't last three years. And who took over? Uh, Ma- uh, 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 Daryl Bevel, okay, the offensive coordinator, took over on an interim basis, and now they've interviewed. I, I'm up to, I think they're up to like 44 candidates <laughs> for head coach. We do every now and then a Detroit Lions story just to keep uh, fingers sedated, but this one involves free beer, mm-hmm. so it fit. Um, Prater, they're, they're, he's their kicker. Yes, right. He kicks a 54-yard field goal. So he has now set the record for the most 50-yard field goals ever kicked is Matt Prater right there. So Bud Light announced that everyone in Denver would get free beer if the Broncos kicker, Brad McManus, broke the NFL record for longest field goal, 64 yards, currently held by Matt Prater. So Prater's like, when I break my own record, what are we doing for my city of Detroit? And so they said free beer. Am I, am I getting this right? Yes. And so uh, there's going to be a Bud Light party from what I understand once the craziness stops. The pandemic. Not the craziness of poor play by the Detroit Lions. By the way, uh, there was a, 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 I believe it was Detroit uh, football history. Some sort of Twitter account tweeted just as a reminder uh, this week was the anniversary of their last playoff win 29 years ago. But no, he's not bitter. Bud Light says, screw the record. The, the, the Broncos kicker versus Matt Prater. Whoever kicks the longest field goal this season gets Bud Light for his city on us. Okay, so Prater has done this. So now they're going to wait for the pandemic to be over, which is, well, at this rate, never. Right. 
And then how are they going to do this? How do you buy Bud Light for an entire city? Like, is there is there a plan? Like, if you show up to these bars, if you if you have this code on your phone, is it one beer? Is it all the beers? This is Detroit. The people can drink beer. Yeah, and it's 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 Bud Light. But they'd make a great sponsor of the Eat, Drink, Smoke they show. They sure would. Uh, let, let's just not do a review before we sign Wow. Are you kidding? Are you a fan of Bud Light? Um, uh, so in the, in the Budweiser world, they make something called Nitro. Uh, Bud Nitro that we've had on the show before, which is very much in that Guinness style. You, like, you turn it up and down three times with a ball in there. Then you open it and you pour it directly full upside down. Into into the pine class. That's actually lovely. So, but I like the, those heavier kinds of things. We've talked before: porters, lagers, uh, uh, you know, uh, stouts. That's where I am if I'm doing a beer. I pale ale. Some of the lighter things just don't work. Don't fit uh, me whatsoever. My question though here is: How are they going to do this? Because they can't actually buy everyone in Detroit a beer. They're, right, I believe they're going to have certain bars set up to where you can go and get yourself. And it's, I, it's not going to be unlimited beer. You can't just walk up and say, hey, uh, uh, I want 34 Bud Lights. It, they're going to have pubs stationed you know, or, you know, uh, around the, the city that are going to offer this. Uh, this is the way to do advertising, right? Uh, have a little fun, see if people catch on, and then offer it out. Because... Prater's tweet got 6,100 likes. And then the announcement from uh, from Bud Light, right? When they decided, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll put this uh, out there, right? That got 3,000 uh, likes and had a connection to Pat McAfee show. And Pat McAfee, of course, from right here in Indianapolis, uh, former punter for the Indianapolis Colts. This is the way to do it. This is the way to build... Love advertising in terms of just placing it on TV doesn't create that kind of connection. The one place where social media has really shown itself to, to like get people engaged is this kind of thing. You can't fake it. You just have to sometimes throw it out there in 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 its in its bit of fun and hope that it it catches on because the amount of Dollars. This is, and the amount of dollars that's going that's going to be, in, you know, in in kind, right, or, or earned media, right? What did they? What would they have have to spend in order to get this kind of attention? Attention. I mean, that's that's numbers that reaches the millions of dollars, and it's going to cost them basically eighty two cents worth of Bud Light. And it's amazing how you just stumble into something like this, right? Uh, just some athletes on Twitter and Chance the Rapper and Spicy Nugs from Wendy's, right? It's that all all over again. Uh, I don't think McDonald's was prepared for the Travis Scott meal. Now, the Travis Scott meal, so Travis Scott is, is a rapper, and uh, Travis Scott is most famous for um, the Kardashians, or it's the Jenners. I don't know which one he has he has relations with. But he said, you know what, this is, this is my meal at McDonald's. And it was a quarter pounder and fries and a Sprite and barbecue sauce for the fries. And I'm like, that's, I, I, didn't, I didn't even understand how that was a thing. And someone explained to me, Tony, that's actually a takeoff on the Jordan meal. I'm like, the Jordan meal? I didn't grow up in Chicago. But in Chicagoland, supposedly there was an order you could place at McDonald's for the jo- Michael Jordan meal. And it was a quarter pounder and fries. And it, was, it, was a, it was a Coke. 
or maybe it was a Sprite or, 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 or whatever it was. And so this Travis Scott thing was, as they're describing to me, a takeoff on that. The Travis Scott meal. Now, some of you know who Travis Scott is. Some of you have never heard of Travis Scott in your entire lives. The Travis Scott meal was so popular that McDonald's sold out of ingredients. Wow. This is more than just, you know, the whole spicy chicken thing that Popeye's had and they were out and people went, they went crazy. They went crazy. McDonald's sold out in places. What do you pay for that? You can't. You can't even calculate the dollars. No, but that reminds me, back in the 90s, there was a defensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers. His name was Gil Brown. Uh, huge guy. I mean, just, okay, he, he was fat, okay? And <laughs> he, Burger King in How Wisconsin. How fat was he? <laughs> fat enough for this meal. Uh, it Burger King <laughs> had uh, the Gil Brown meal in Wisconsin and in northern Michigan, and it was a double Whopper topped with double mayonnaise and double pickle and double cheese. That was it. That's glorious. That is gl- What is the story that just came out? Burger King is the most hated restaurant in America, most hated fast food? Yeah, they, they based it on uh, Twitter data, people complaining, I believe, and that's, that's apparently the most hated fast food chain, and I don't understand it. Uh, I, I, everybody wants something. If I'm Burger King, I embrace that all the way. It's social media. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. We are reviewing Puncher's Chance. So this is Bruce Buffer. This is the famed voice of mixed martial arts. Put this uh, together. Uh, that Was it with Wolf Spirits? Is that is that who it is? Wolf Spirit Distillery. This is a blend of four, five, and six-year bourbons. Um, this has a, a fair amount of chocolate, fair amount of... Uh, a citrus, which on the cube is playing for me, a little floral, 90 proof, $35 a bottle. Um, it's very simple, but for me, very competing in its flavors as opposed to married together. The cube did help in pr- producing a, a serious heat in the mid-chest, but not for you fingers. Uh, a little bit of a warmth, I would call it. I wouldn't call it serious heat. I'm getting the citrus notes. I'm getting the dark chocolate notes. Uh, it definitely, the, the cube took whatever sting there was uh, away, uh, and I didn't get much on the tongue or uh, you know, going down uh, into the chest. So I, I, again, you know, I don't want to sound like a cheapskate, but uh, you know, I'm always looking for that value, you know, yeah. at, you know, to be able to have a bourbon of, of this quality at that price. Um, I'm very happy with this. This would definitely be in my liquor cabinet. Time for news of the week. Fingers Malloy, what do you have? Oh, talk about good news, Tony. I like good news. Great news. I'm listening. So uh, Michael Hercotts and Brendan Scott, they were two former employees of the now-closed Nat Sherman International. They've purchased the various brands from Altria. Right. Who shut down Nat huge, Sherman. Huge, huge brand in the world uh, in the world of cigars. So yeah. they're bringing back some of the Nat Sherman cigars, like Timeless, uh, the Metropolitan, a Host, and Cora. So Michael Herklotz, H-E-R-K-L-O-T-S, is this kick-ass story because Herklotz was brought in to reinvigorate this dying Nat Sherman brand. And I am a Nat Sherman fan, and what I was most a fan of was the townhouse, Right there in in New York on 42nd. Yeah, 42nd. Um, And 
such a spectacular experience, a beautiful place, a beautiful humidor. I've had the chance to smoke in the basement of it uh, before. Just uh, such a special, special experience. And the brand went out and they shut down the townhouse. Uh, and so the feeling was, and this was, a, he really did reinvigorate it and bring in these names, the, the, these, these lines of Nat Sherman, Timeless, Metropolitan, uh, some others. And when they went, we talked about it here on the show, Devastated, uh, Fingers is, is the timeless guy. Like, like when I find them, the people I still have them, <laughs> I buy them for Fingers. I, I've done that uh, many, many times. I am thrilled that he is getting himself into, into business. Uh, I believe the new, um, the new brand is called uh, Ferriotego, F-E-R-I-O-T-E-G-O. Right, they're not buying the townhouse, right? So there will be no townhouse. But what they're doing is bringing back the names under, right, the timeless and everything else under this this new brand. I think Herklotz is good for cigars, right? I think he's an enthusiast. I think he's fun. You know, he's come out to Indianapolis before and 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 engaged with us, engaged with 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 fans. This is a great story of, of guys saying, we ain't done just yet. And we talked about this when they were phasing out Nat Sherman. We, we, we said, well, you got to believe that someone's going to pick this name up, right? right. Because it's been around forever and uh, people identify with the name. I would love to see what they're going to do with that retail store, yeah. even though I, it's not included in this purchase. But like you said, there's, there's so much history there and it's a facility that you would think would lend to them it being would, able to open something But it's up. New York real estate yeah. when New York real estate isn't what it used to be a year ago. The world of coronavirus and everything else, I, I, it, it might not be necessary to have that that kind of place. The other thing that's interesting here is that no one thought that the brand was 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 buyable because when Nat Sherman had their cigars made by others, so they weren't making their own, if, if you will. So there was nothing that was really no impetus to, to buying it and, and you would just use the names. He sees the connection between himself and that it's perfect. It's wonderful. I think it's, I think it's a good thing for the cigar industry. I could not be happier. Michael's a very, very nice guy and I wish them every best in the world. And man, would, would it's, it's a great name uh, too, even though I have a hard time pronouncing it, Ferry Otego. And they would be a brilliant sponsor for the Eat, Drink, Smoke right. Radio Show. Amazing. Next. No, not next. Well, I was just gonna say I can't. They're gonna have cigars back uh, in the, on shelves by the spring, which is fantastic. That they're gonna be able to turn this around so fast. I'm very curious as to where they're, how they're gonna be done, where they're coming from. Is it the same people? Did they find new people? Think of new ways. It's it's gonna be fun to watch. Yes, uh, a Twin Cities man was accused of pointing a gun at a fitness club manager after complaining that members were exercising without masks. We are nuts. Now, listen, guys, uh, you know we don't do politics on this show. We, we have been watching, uh, all of us, not just craziness from this week. We've been watching craziness in so many ways for a year now, and really longer, of people who are unable to like, control themselves. People who are unable to, to handle their own emotions. People who are, are, are incapable of, of, I don't know, dealing with everyday life. If, if you have a, somebody not wearing a mask and you're at a gym, first of all, it's the gym. Right. Maybe that's not where you wear the mask. But you think the response is, well, they're not doing enough here to police it and tell these people to wear masks. So I'll take matters into my own hand, 
take my weapon and point it at somebody. Well, then you need to go to jail and you, and, and I'm a Second Amendment guy, you should never be allowed to have a firearm again. Well, he's char- he was charged Monday with assault with a dangerous weapon. Uh, some sort of mask vigilante, which I don't get. I don't understand. Especially Not masked vis- vigilante. No, there's a difference. Mask vigilante. A mask vigilante. But uh, if you're wearing a mask, just wear your mask and mind your business. That's how I look at it. But I, I've got a 16-year-old daughter. Right. She's going to be 17 next week. And uh, she has been uh, dragging me to the gym lately. Oh, is that right? And that's, that's quite an experience because, like you said, everyone's wearing a mask. Um, when you're walking around the gym and you're seeing some people work out with a mask and they're giving you personal uh, spray bottles with sanitizer and you're s- with a towel and you're spraying. Well, you're supposed a- to do that after you work out on every machine. Well, I, and I hate the people who don't. Well, leave that- their sweat. And, oh, and what you're. I don't. If if I wanted to be near your sweat, I'd ask you on a date. <laughs> right. I don't want to sit in your soup. Right. Uh, but it, it, this is one of the things that I'm actually hoping after this is all over, that this is something that people will latch on to. I mean, we've talked about certain customs that have kind of come up based on the pandemic. We've lost the people aren't hugging as much. I'm okay with that. Uh, people <laughs> shaking hands, um, you know, eh, you know, fist bumps fine. You know, we, do we all need to shake hands? Uh, but the gym, walking around and seeing people really being diligent about cleaning up after themselves is something that's really new for me because like you said uh, uh, listen a lot a lot of people uh, are not considerate of their fellow gym goers and will just leave their their sweaty sweat sweat on the machine and and just not care one of the things that that people are are noticing of course is that the flu so far has been non-existent well and there are two reasons. A lot of people are wearing masks, right? And the flu is different than coronavirus in terms of how it, it's it's how easy the ease of transmission. And more people are indeed washing their hands, and they're washing their hands. And the flu cases are like, pfft. it's kind of incredible. But if if this, I, we do try and find silver linings, right? In so many of these things, if it means a more hygienic society, I don't feel so bad, right? I and I have to say. Uh, I had a conversation with a friend the other day about this. I'm noticing when I go to the restroom at a bar or a restaurant, uh, I used to be a little bit disappointed in people when they would leave and, and you know, be like, gosh, it feels like 50% of the people aren't washing their hands. seems like most people are washing their hands now when they leave the bathroom, and that's, that's a plus. And I don't care if they wash their hands. I just don't want them handling my food, right? Or I, shaking your hand afterward, you know? That's mm. gross. And I... Listen, I don't want to get too graphic. What I think is gross is the people who don't wash their hands before. Wash before and after. That should that should totally be self-evident. And it's not. And I don't I don't I don't quite get it. I, I think that I think that's a huge mistake in, in the hygiene thesis. Man, that was I'm gonna get emails. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Bring on the marshmallow and the peanut butter. Easter, right around the corner. Peeps has competitions. Eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. They're right there. America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Don't forget, if you're not listening to the podcast already, get it at Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever fine podcasts are sold. You look for it. We are there. Eat, drink, smoke. Reese's, which is not Reese's. <laughs> We've argued this. It's Reese's, and let's not get it twisted. They are offering up new candy 
for Valentine's Day and Easter. And the Reese's Mallow Top Peanut Butter Cup made its debut. I do not know how I feel about such a thing. It's milk chocolate, it's marshmallow, it's peanut butter. There's no graham cracker, which there should be. I, the peanut butter cup is perfect food. Yes. It is a perfect food group. And I'm not so sure I want it messed with. It's in a 9.6 ounce snack pack for $3.69. Or you can get the 2.4 ounce king size. So what is 2.4 ounces king size? Well, when right? it comes to candy, you know, how it will go straight to your thighs. I can see where 2.4 ounces would be considered king size. The only size. thing I know about ounces is that's some kind of deal that yeah. has to be made from an underpass. Right. I, but I, I am all for snack packs usually. So I'm, I'm a little bit excited about this, but I'm still unsure of the combination. I is like the, those mallow cups. Have you ever had those? No, it's a mallow cup. Uh, it's uh, a chocolate with marshmallow on the inside. I'm not a big marshmallow guy. No? No. Something about it is is wasting my time. No s'mores for you? You're not a s'mores guy? I'll, I'll do a s'more, right? Because it's it's kitchen. There's a moment for it and the fire's going and everything else. But like like just the like even marshmallows in my hot chocolate, I'm not it's cute, but no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, I don't know what to think of this because as you know, it, science has proven over the years that the most perfect thing you can get uh, for Easter is the Reese's cup that is like uh, an egg. Right. Yeah, that that is it's a perfect. I get that. All you did was take the thing that they do and change the shape. Right for Easter, adorable. You want to do a little heart for Valentine's Day? Fine. It's a menorah for Hanukkah. I'm totally good. It's a tree for Arbor Day. I'm totally in. I have no issue. But this is, nah. I mean, I'm just man. I'm not gonna. You want to review it, right? Oh, absolutely. This has to be had. It has to be had. I'll do it for the sake of the show. I'll do uh, it for America. The damn it. Sacrifices you made. I'm a great American. <laughs> I am. A, I am a great American right there. The state of Oregon has increased their taxes on cigars. I'm just, I'm apoplectic, man. The business is booming all across the country. Don't be increasing taxation and making life more difficult. Let it build, let it go, let it grow. What is this constant nonsense attack? So it's it's a change to the cap on cigar taxes in the state. It was It was 50 cents a cigar. And now it's a buck. Yeah. It's a dollar a cigar. What disturbs and me... And some people will be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's compared to other states, it's totally cool. But well, that's, that's the problem with this. And I know we try not to get political on this show. And this isn't really uh, an ideological thing or, or a partisan thing. I get a little bit upset when we pit citizens against citizens. This was voted upon. So you have... You know, but while we love cigars, the majority of Americans do not smoke cigars on a regular basis. So you 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 know throw that out there as a way to raise money, and all the non-cigar smokers say to themselves, "Yeah, what do I care? I don't smoke cigars." Right. And right. That's uh, that is that is awful. Now the story you can find over at halfwheel.com, H-A-L-F-W-H-E-E-L.com. Very very cool uh, site. I think they do really good work. As they describe it, there was a a state senator who had a proposal that um, it would increase uh, the tax rate um, 
it would be 65% of the wholesale price. So an average cigar that was $9.50 would have been $15.68. Lord. Out of business. Out of business. Out of business. So now you ask yourself, what is it that people are actually after? And this is not a political conversation, but rather this is a uh, this is a survival conversation. If you are a, a state government looking for revenue, remember it's it, it, it's not income. You didn't earn it. It's it's revenue. It is it is what it is. Doesn't the revenue come from allowing the business to stay in business? Now I'm not in favor of tax increases of any kind, but fifty cents people can swallow. An extra six dollars people would be like, nope. Right. Not buying that, can't do that. Then these these cigar shops, which are always, some of the cigar companies are major companies. Then there's a lot of more boutique cigar manufacturers out there, and I love those people. But the cigar lounges, one way or another, are all mom and pop. Yep. Every single one of them. Even if you take a look at what Rocky Patel does with Burn, there's, there's five of them. There's not 4,000 of them like Starbucks in every corner, <laughs> right? That's just not the way it works. Although I wouldn't have a problem with that. Oh, I'd be totally fine. <laughs> drive through cigars makes sense to me. But they go out of business. Now you get nothing. Yeah. So you're, you're left with this. I mean, all we did was go down the Primrose path, right? All we did was think this through to, it, to, to its conclusion, which is, was the desire of some in Oregon and maybe in other places... To tell these people you can't be in business. And that's that's ideology. Yeah. Right? It's either ideology or this, this total misapplication of what taxation is and is all about and how it really affects small business owners. Because not only is that business out, that landlord who's already having trouble renting space because people aren't going to retail shops, even less. Well, you have to wonder how this was marketed to the voter. Uh, the ballot item was called Measure 108, was approved by 66% of Oregonians who voted. Uh, you know, they, 66% voted for the measure. Uh, was it billed as, A, is the revenue, where, where's the revenue going? Is it going you know, to the schools? So it's going for the children. Uh, yeah, you, you don't know how it was marketed. But the other thing is you wonder how much of the discussion revolved around cigars because a lot of this bill, it says, uh, focused on cigarettes, e-cigarettes, and vaping products, which will also see a substantial increase in taxes. So did they market it as, oh, we're raising cigarette taxes, and then cigar smokers found out later, oh, man, our taxes are going up too. This falls into that conversation of the illiteracy on cigars where people lump cigars and cigarettes together and that's just never been the case. The premium cigar, that's that's what we smoke, right? That We smoke premium cigars, hand-rolled cigars. I mean, there are the machine cigars in, in our world, you know, if J.C. Newman does them, right? Uh, they're not marketed to kids. No cigars are marketed. No premium cigar is marketed to children. No children are allowed in a cigar lounge. You never ever, ever see it. Not that you might see it. You never see it. I tell people over and over again, there are no prizes in cigar boxes and there's no Count Tabacula <laughs> to try to market <laughs> fine cigars to children. It just doesn't happen. So this is this, they lump it all together, they put it all in, and then 
small business owners who hire people locally, they're the ones who take the brunt and take the abuse. And this is another thing. You wonder whether it, there is just this, well, I don't smoke and smoking's bad, so boom. And they just lump it all in and they don't care because we're doing you a favor. You're better off. Right. I'm an adult, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a quote Andy Samberg. And, and I can make my own choices. I make this choice and I'm very, very comfortable with it. I like it a lot. This is just one of those mistakes that keeps happening and keeps getting built. We're trying the puncher's chance. Uh, that's from Bruce Buffer of Mixed Martial Arts fame. $35 a bottle. You can check it out for yourself on the Cube. It has certainly become an, an easier drink. Fingers is a fan. Yes, I am. And with the $35 uh, price point, he's a large fan indeed. This is Eat Drink Smoke. There are cigars, and then there are big cigars, and then there are cigars I completely shy away from because it says things that I'm like, hmm, I don't think I'm going to enjoy that. But if 2021 is going to be a year of anything for me and for this show and for the trying of cigars, it's to go out of the comfort zone, and that brings us to the Camacho Nicaraguan barrel-aged cigar. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I am Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. This is no joke because you may have seen this before as the Toro, right? Six inch by 50 ring gauge, not this. This is the Gordo. This is the Fatty. Six inch by 60 ring gauge. What does that mean? Six inch means six inches long. <laughs> Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And 60, the ring gauge, how thick it is around. <laughs> Again, with the laughter, a full 64 inches. So a 64 ring gauge, I should say, is a full inch around. This is bigger than I normally go in size. This does not give me good mouthfeel. It's not enjoyable. Does that make you laugh too? Tee. Oh, good Lord. Right? It's not normally where I'm at. But I promise myself, we're trying new things. Now, what's interesting is we've done a review of the Nicaraguan before. Enjoyed the Camacho Nicaraguan. Camacho is one of those brands I think people, you know, either they love or they're like, oh, I don't smoke that. I don't quite understand that. There are things to try. The Triple Maduro made your list of top three cigars of 2020, Fingers Malloy. And this thing, what makes it so interesting is that the wrapper is this Ecuadorian Habana. The filler is a barrel-aged Corojo. What does that mean? It's was this, this filler was aged in rum casks that actually used to be bourbon casks. So it, it, is it picking up rum notes? That's one of the things I'm looking for. Now, the people I've spoken to, no, 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 that's not what you're going to get. What you're just going to get is this wonderful sweetness strength that comes through. This is a full-bodied cigar, and this thing is a honker. The weight of this cigar, Fingers Malloy, this, this thing can be used to pry open jars. <laughs> it this, is it is beefy, but I got to tell you, Tony, when uh, you know we're looking at the cigar and it's, it's six by sixty, it seems lighter than I thought it was going to be in my hand, and maybe it's because I'm working out. Right, that could be it. Have uh, you been lifting? I have been you lifting. Look swole. Thank you. It, it, it's all the creatine I'm pumping into my body. <laughs> Supplements, Tony. That's the key. Supplements with your McRib. So this this cigar, um, it's it's a it's a lovely lighter kind of milk chocolate. There's a fair amount of oil. 
on on the wrapper, not a grit. Uh, this actually, in its construction, there's got a little bit of vein in in this one, right? So where you see the leaf and and how it was was wrapped, uh, it also has a, a, a weird touch of bubbling, and yet I'm not sure if that's some kind of natural pucker to the to the tobacco to the wrapper itself or the sign of of an issue the burn is a little bit all over the place but i think the problem is that it's such a big cigar in terms of the ring gauge that that could just be a natural cause the draw is great super right that's how you that's how you bring it in super super easy and we did not cut we did a straight cut we did not cut that deep into the cap the cap is the top of the cigar where you cut and you smoke from um it is working though it's a hit of of earth. There's a a, a unique kind of, of spice. I'm not getting a, a level of, of sweetness, but there is this this very very kind of raw flavoring going on. Not not raw as in raw food. Raw as in earths and and, and dirt that that I do enjoy quite a bit. I am a fan of Nicaraguans uh, over most everything. Yeah. Uh- like you said, the draw is is really easy. It's it, I, when we first lit this, I was I was struck by that right away. Uh, the burn is a little uneven. Like you said, that could have something to do with the size of this cigar. Uh, but the, the, the two notes that are really coming out for me so far uh, are those earthy notes and then pepper. Um, I'm look. I I don't claim to be an expert. I I you know when you talk about uh, uh, white pepper versus you know. Yeah, right. You'll see. I can't do that either. People will talk about pepper, and then they'll mention white pepper. They'll mention this pepper. I I go sometimes just with spicy, with the more general. But it's not spicy heat. It is spicy in that peppery way. That's there is a distinction there, Mm -hmm. and you just try it. Right? Eat 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 a spicy wing, and then eat pepper. And there's there's a difference in in those flavors, uh, for sure. Um, There's nothing about this that turns me off. As a matter of fact, there's a bunch of things that are turning me on about uh, this cigar. And again, you're absolutely right. The draw is easy. The smoke coming off this thing is huge. Yes. And this, not only off the cigar, the smoke in the mouth, it's because it's that 60, baby. Yeah. And there's a lot that you're taking in, especially with a draw that is as unbelievable as this. Now, the Gordo, a little priced a little differently uh, than the Toro. The Toro of this is $11 a stick. This more $14.15 as I've seen it. So I don't know yet whether or not it is a cigar that's in my humidor. I will tell you this, off the top, pleasantly surprised. I'm getting more yes out of this than mm, I'm not so sure. Yeah, it, for me, when you get to, to $15, $20 a stick, that's more of a splurge for me. You know, I like to stay around uh, $8 to $12, uh, but there's a lot here. And I could see where if, if you know, if you're not one to, to spend $15 a stick, and I've run into plenty of people who say, well, geez, I really love to spend anywhere from 6 to $9, and you can get plenty of, of good sticks at that price range, uh, they may shy away from something like this. But this is a big smoke, uh, like you said, a lot of smoke coming off of this and on the draw, too. Uh, so far, I, I, I think it's worth it. Yeah, one of the things that I'm going to do now that we, we've just started, remember, when you do a cigar, you want to break it into thirds. First third, second third, and final third. You want to write down what it is you're experiencing. Also write down what you have to eat that day. That will affect 
everything you feel about a cigar. Sometimes you have to smoke a cigar two or three different times in different environments, if you will, to really get an understanding of what it is that you're smoking. What I have come to realize is that I need to slow down. I am taking a draw like the ring gauge is a 50. That's not working. It's too much. It's too big. I can actually still feel it in the sinus and things like that. I got to take a breath. I have to slow down a little and recognize that the size of the cigar will dictate how what the speed that I'm, that I'm, I'm going to move in. Um, there's a lot of good things happening here. One thing I, I can't tell you that I've got is any flavoring of rum whatsoever. And, and I, the people that I spoke to and, 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 and researched, they were right. That's not what you're going to get. I avoided things like this because I'm not into flavored cigars, right? Take, for example, the whole acid line from yeah. Drew Estates. That's a great introductory cigar for a lot of people with the flavors and gets them into cigar smoking, so I can appreciate that. It's just not where I naturally go. I want I want what the blender really intended from what the earth produced, right? right. That's, my, that, that, that's my fetish right there. So I'm going to slow down a little bit with this, take my time, this is the Camacho Nicaraguan barrel aged. So you've got that 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 binder that has been aged in rum uh, barrels. I'm sorry, the filler that's been aged in rum barrels. And we're going to see how this thing goes throughout the show. Take your time with it. This is an easy 90 minute smoke right here. This is Eat Drink Smoke. So the new year brings new opportunities, and for a lot of businesses, it's new marketing. How do I create the new gimmick that gets people in the store, or really, in today's world, through the drive-thru? Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. This list, I, we do love a list. Yes. Huge fans. The new fast food items that already have people buzzing in the new year. This was from uh, over at Yahoo Finance, and one of them is the new breakfast sandwich from Burger King, the breakfast bacon king sandwich. It's eggs. It's bacon. I think there's. I think there's some sausage in there. That's not like like impossible sausage, right? That's like the no, real. That's the real deal. That's the real deal, right there. It's it's like on a on a small hoagie bun. That's pretty giant with the cheese and everything else. That's gonna make people happy. That's a twenty four hour, seven day a week kind of sandwich. Yeah, six slices of bacon, a sausage patty, an egg, two slices of cheese, and zesty sauce. Zesty. That, that's actually my name on Tinder. <laughs> it's a festival of flavor. But, you know, they, they they can do tricks with photography nowadays, Tony. It's a 21st oh, century. Oh, it never looks like that. <laughs> well, I love when people do the side-by-side. Here is the ad. Here's what I got. Right? That is so great. But the, the picture here, uh, you know, on, on the story uh, over at uh, Yahoo!, um, it's actually the thumbnail for the, the video uh, description of this. And they've got it positioned in a way where this thing looks like it could be the size of your head. It looks so huge. <laughs> now, the, when people get fast food, like they know it's going to be disappointing, right? It's never going to look like the McRib in the commercial. <laughs> it still tastes perfect, but it's never, ever going to be. The, they know that going in, I, right? I think so. But what I like about this sandwich, and one of the things that disappointed me about what McDonald's has done with their breakfast menu is they took away the bagel sandwiches. And I know you they are. They had bagel sandwiches? Oh, they were fantastic. They had a steak, egg, and cheese bagel sandwich. And I know you because. You say bagel weird. Bagel. Okay, that's better. Before you said bagel. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Bagel? 
Bagal? <laughs> no, what, 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 the Bagel. Like it's the show community and you're Britta. <laughs> Reese's? What? Uh, no, I listen, uh, and I know you are a little bit of a bagel snob because you're originally from the East Coast and, you know, apparently yeah. you can only get a good bagel in New York. That's what I'm told. Uh, but uh, what was great about those versus, say, the, the McDonald's sandwiches that they have now is, you know, the McMuffins and stuff, they're so small. Those those bagel sandwiches, you can make a, a breakfast out of that sandwich. But you get two egg McMuffins and you're set, or you can get an egg McMuffin with extra egg. Have you ever done that? Ordered no. extra egg on an egg McMuffin? No. Oh yeah, you can order like two, three, four eggs. I'll put them on there. So so the bread is the same, but the egg ratio is through the roof. We're gonna eat like kings tomorrow. <laughs> um, the people at Chipotle are now uh, offering cauliflower rice. Ugh. I have an experience that happened just today. I happened to uh, be in downtown Indianapolis, and I was there early, and I grabbed a quick bite. It was around the corner from where I was uh, from a place called Kudoba, right? They do, I think, a fine job in in that quick serve Mexican. And they had the cauliflower, right? They call it cauliflower mash. I thought it was a nice add-on to the thing because I don't eat rice, like I don't eat the bread, and I don't eat the carbs because I hate myself and it's miserable. (laughs) I thought it was a nice add-on to the thing. I think that there's been a lot of, of acceptance of this. And as something that simply fills the bowl with some extra texture, I totally dig it. I don't think there's... This is one of those weird ones that I think people have bought into in a huge way and allows them to continue their keto, vegan kind of uh, of things. Really, keto or paleo, I think. Yeah, I mean, people are really going all in on the cauliflower. Am I saying that correctly? Cauliflower? Yes. Uh, substitute. I, I had last year when I was uh, doing keto and I lost... Broccoli's albino cousin, <laughs> yes. I believe. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm not making fun of anybody. Please oh, don't send okay, me here emails. We go. Here we go. It's going <laughs> to happen now. But, Just uh, saying. There, uh, I... I done the cauliflower pizza crust before and that was actually pretty good you can get frozen pizza crust at uh walmart and then make your own pizza at home and it's very uh keto friendly so yeah you're seeing and then people are doing the 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 cauliflower mashed potatoes right and that seems to be a thing Uh, dunkin donuts is now bringing you the southwest veggie power breakfast sandwich it is a Morning Star Farms black bean patty, so it's 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 not uh it's it's a vegetarian uh, thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, so it's a black bean patty, Southwest flavors, egg white omelet infused with spinach, bell peppers, and onions topped with cheddar cheese. They put this in the story, but that's not the story. The story is one that we missed. Dunkin' Donuts now has a coffee that has twenty percent more caffeine. How was I not notified? When did this happen? I don't know when this happened. I'm infuriated. Screw the breakfast sandwich. <laughs> well, can you call anything a power breakfast sandwich if it's plant-based, Tony? Can we can we be honest? Can we drop some truth bombs here for a second? <laughs> power sandwich that has a plant-based patty. And it's not and it's not the um the 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 the, the beyond meat kind of stuff. This is a black bean. This goes back to the old school when they first tried to do these things. That was not, as you said, not so great. Sad, I believe, is the word I used. <laughs> you tried to impress your uh, the girl that came over in the 90s that wanted a grilled burger, but she wanted the black bean burger, and you threw it on the grill, and it was just gray Is and that sad. how you impressed the girls? Yes. Is that how it worked? Well, the vegetarian girls. Would you like girls. to try my black bean patty? <laughs> well, everyone has to have an opening line. <laughs> 
<laughs> I once knew a guy whose opening line was was a hockey reference, and the opening line was, "Do you think if I worked out, I could dominate the blue line?" <laughs> that was his opening line, and that was that was like that was so crazy and anathema to me that you would do that. Like, here's my opening line. Hey, what's your name? Fingers. That's, that's, <laughs> that's no, Finally, I, you asked. I wasn't, wasn't talking to you. Oh. But then again, I don't think I ever actually was in a place where I was successful, where an opening line was used. But also, I, I, was never, I was always in places where you had to talk, right? So I was never a club guy. That wasn't where I was going. It wasn't where I was hanging out. It wasn't where I was picking anybody up. And I was not, I was not a player. As ah. they say, or as they say, a player. There you go. I was not a, a a player, right? And I met my wife when I was super young, and thank goodness I didn't have to go through any of the insane. I met my wife when I was twenty. Wow. Right? Yeah. Kind of crazy. So I didn't I didn't do a lot of 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 that dating, and I I look back at it and I say to myself, that's probably for the best because I was not in a headspace. I wasn't. I wasn't. I mean, I just I, I don't think I would have been good at it. I think I just would have been miserable. And I, I learned later on, well, that has a lot to do with, with how you were then and figuring things out and, and how you are now. Now, oh, I would have no problem whatsoever, but I'm in this super happy marriage, so we're not going to find that out either. Yeah. I, I never had an opening line because I had this boyish good looks that I have. <laughs> Is that right? So I just would walk up and that that's all. You, you all had good. to walk up, uh, though. I, I had to walk. I had to put a little bit of effort into it. <laughs> But then I would say ladies, and then that was that was it. Plural. <laughs> so uh, there is uh, the the follow up on being healthy. Fingers Malloy uh-huh. is uh, medicalexpress.com, the top ten workout myths. And I want I want to dig in on this. You know what? Can I tease? Can I do a tease in radio? I think you're going to have to. So well, I, I want to dig in on this list because. I I love this. This is like one of the first lists I found where I'm like, this makes perfect, perfect sense. Uh, that's uh, coming up. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. If you're not listening to the podcast, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are sold, be sure to subscribe, write a review, five-star review, do all the good things. And if you're already listening to the podcast, you've done excellent work. You get a cookie. <laughs> we are reviewing the Camacho Nicaraguan Barrel Aged. So the filler here is aged in rum casks that used to be bourbon casks. Now, I, it's not adding a rum flavor, but there is lovely sweetness. There's an all-around just very, very good flavor to this cigar. We are doing the... 6 by 60 the Gordo. That is a giant, right? 64 ring gauge would be a full inch around, so this is just near there, bigger than we normally do. The draw is so easy, it was actually bringing too much smoke in. Had to slow down, change that pacing of doing that draw, doing, uh, not an inhale, but bringing it in. Uh, I've been impressed. Uh, it's, it's an enjoyable, easy, easy smoke for a full-bodied smoke. Very, very easy. Very, very worthy, and a and a lovely bit of balance all the way through. Yeah, you definitely don't want to go from a Lancero to this. You know, try to get that, that <laughs> tight draw and then go to this because you're going to inhale a whole heck of a lot of smoke. 
Uh, but no, this is very enjoyable. Uh, I've gotten used to that pepper. Uh, you know, we're into the second third now. There is a little bit of sweetness in those those earth notes uh, are coming through. It's a it's a very nice cigar. It went out once on me. Um, but really, for the most part, I haven't had any trouble keeping this lit. Uh, and sometimes when a cigar goes out on us, we're doing a lot of talking. We're working the show. So sometimes it gets uh, sat. We allow it to sit a little longer uh, than maybe you would in a, in a regular smoke. But in slowing down, right, I'm, I'm still okay. I have done some touch-ups. The burn, a touch uneven, uh, but enjoyable and more so than I thought it, it would be. The Camacho, a Nicaraguan barrel-aged. Uh, cigar. We're doing the Gordo, the six inch by 60. Time for news of the week, Fingers Malloy. Tony. Yes. See, I'm not starting the way I normally would when it comes to a corona. As opposed to, oh, Tony. Right. Because this is actually good news, and this is one of the, the stories that I hope uh, will change attitudes uh, about alcohol and selling alcohol. One of the things that we've seen uh, an adjustment made by states throughout the country about uh, retailers and distilleries selling alcohol. The state of Kentucky for the first time is now allowing distilleries, breweries, and wineries uh, to sell their beloved liquids online. And you can buy them uh, not only if you are in the state of Kentucky and have it delivered straight to your home, but if your state also allows that purchase as well, you'll be able to buy your favorite bourbon from a Kentucky distillery and have it delivered right to your home. And that's not true of all states. There are some real... You know, it's funny. California, you can get wine anywhere. You can get it at a convenience store. You can get it at the local fruit stand. Uh, right next to the Girl Scout cookies, they're selling <laughs> wine it, because of, of so much wine being produced in California. But they make uh, buying other spirits online or shipping, they make that extremely, extremely difficult. This is great news, and this is smart news. This is about increasing commerce. This is worthwhile, and it gives people an opportunity to be a lot more uh, hands-on with their selection, right? I have nothing against the local liquor store. I love the local liquor store. And some of those liquor stores will actually do some some delivery and, 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 and things like that. In some places, I guess you could do, depending on where, some shipping. But very often, people are I want this, and they want to have that connection. And why shouldn't? These places have the opportunity to serve their customers, over-serve their customers, super-serve their customers. That is so incredibly important to create that connection. Uh, bourbon is very much a brand loyalty conversation in so many ways. I think it's hard, for, especially for bourbons trying to get on the market. How do you break in, right? right. Because people have the thing that they love or they get... They get the name. Oh, I got to I got I got to have it. I got to try that. Everyone's talking about it. That happens. But it's hard. And so when when to, to break in. So when you find something and you that you have an attachment to, why not be able to go right to it and make it happen? Well, and with bourbon too, so much of it is based on tourism. You know, you have the the bourbon trails and you have uh, people who will go to destinations, you know, people do it for that are foodies and people will do it for bourbon too. If you've got a small distillery in Kentucky that you're a fan of that you may not be able to get that particular bourbon in a local liquor store, this opens up a whole new, uh, generates revenue for it. And it's just fantastic. And this is all because of coronavirus, right? The, the pandemic has forced these people to change to survive. And there are some states that are smartly saying, okay, this works. Now, how do we ensure we can keep this going, right? The state is not altruistic. They know there's revenue in it for them. Might as well. People are enjoying it. 
all around very, very happy. Next. Tony, a story that we could put on uh, duh.com. Oh, I love duh.com. It's all the stories that make you go, duh. Parents now have an extra reason to say no to candy cake and ice cream for young children, according to Fox News. Uh, the first U.S. government dietary guidelines for infants and toddlers was released Tuesday, and they recommend feeding only breast milk for at least six months and no added sugar for children under the age of two. I'm, I'm not even talking to you. Not, nope. Nope. Not talking to you. Not even looking at you. Not looking at the story. Not dealing with these people and their... Cra- we don't need any more government guidelines. Thank you very much. Do you, do you remember when your kids turned one years old? One year old? <laughs> yes. Not years, not plural, singular. And, and what'd you do for that one year? What, what'd you do? What'd you do for the kinder? Well, I, I generally fed my two children uh, Little Debbie snack cakes at the age of one. That's that was strictly their entire diet. Well, Did so you? thank God the study came out to tell me now when I have another kid that I shouldn't do that. Of course I didn't do that, but I did let them have a little a little taste of ice cream. Are you telling me that when your child turned one, there wasn't the cupcake that they just smashed and destroyed into their face well, and there's you took the pictures? Too. No, look, uh, maybe that maybe there are parents out there who are feeding their kids ice cream at one on a daily basis. That's really not the way that it, it's going, and that's a rational thing. But a taste of ice cream and everything else is totally fine. Well, listen. You need the government to tell you, hey, you might want to try and stave off the childhood diabetes. So don't be feeding them. You know, the, 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 the Mint Milanos from Pepperidge Farm, <laughs> which, by the way, are the greatest... Oh, Mint Milanas are so good. Well, Barbara Sheenman, and nope. I, hope I, I pronounced yeah. her name right. I know she listens to the show. She's a nutritionist <laughs> at the University of California, Tony, and she said you have to make every bite count in those early years, so you need to keep that no added sugar away from the kids. You have to stop. That mindset. Stop. Look, uh, is sugar the enemy? Clearly, sugar is the enemy. I am not saying no. I'm saying yes. But this is going to be taken as well now. You can't give them a piece of, you know, have them try a piece of cake or something. People shouldn't do that. People shouldn't do that. It's just, look, it's your kid. Do what you want. I'm just saying I don't think we could be friends. Well, when we get to the point where people will treat uh, soft serve ice cream to a one-year-old as uh, if you need to jump on a grenade to save your battalion, if you see a parent, oh, my God, she's about ready to feed her kid ice cream. That's the stuff I worry about when this government's the, the, the judgmental parents. Right. I the had, Karening. Oh, yeah. I had, I'm sorry if your name is Karen. You've been destroyed. I feel so bad for you. Oh, I had one friend who had didn't have kids. Uh, who got really uh, saucy with me because I would give my kids uh, Cheerios. You know how you would pack a, a sandwich bag full of like little What's Cheerios? With, how old was your kid? Uh, two. What's wrong with Cheerios? Nothing wrong with Cheerios. And then she had kids, and then she realized, oh, that's a good idea. Of course it's a good idea. Whatever keeps them from crying. That's all that matters. <laughs> You mean someone who didn't have kids was giving you... Uh, the stink eye. W- was going full Karen. Sorry, again, I got to stop. <laughs> because you were giving... Everybody gives their kids Cheerios. Thank you. Why do you think Cheerios exist? For the flavor? Although, <laughs> Honey Nut Cheerios, if you put a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios in front of me right now, I, not even a question. Greatest cereal in America. That's honey Nut Cheerios. No. What do you mean No. Cookie Crisp, of course, is the greatest cereal of all cereals. Is this the next review? I, sure. Well, Cere- you want to do a cereal review? 
I think that needs to be on the table. That needs to be on the table for 2021 cereal reviews. I will put Honey Nut Cheerios up near any against almost anything. Even oh. Mr. T cereal? If you could find a box <laughs> from not 50 years ago, yes, I would. <laughs> this is Eat Drink Smoke. So in the growth of Eat Drink Smoke, we have decided to add Eat Drink Smoke tours. People have been asking, begging, Tony, fingers, how can we join you for days on days of drinking great bourbon and smoking great cigars and eating amazing food? And we said, well, the answer clearly is Scotland. It's Eat Drink Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. There is a show called Outlander. I'm not too familiar with with the, the show, debuted in 2014, it has created such a buzz, as is often happens, that people started visiting Scotland to, to see everything that's going on, the Scottish Highlands. They call it the Outlander uh, effect. Really cool story from CNBC. And there is this train that you can get on called the Belmond, M-O-N-D, Belmond Royal Scotsman. It is sold out and what they have is this beautiful old style kind of train if you saw the Kenneth Branagh version of Murder on the Orient Express it's that kind of train uh, kind of look capacity for just 40 guests so people feel really good they're kind of separated from people get your own suite with with the ensuite so the bathroom is right there so you don't have to share it with anybody it has uh, spas and, and, and everything else you actually are near or on like the aqueducts that you see in Harry Potter and some of those kind of castles. Really, really super uh, uh, fantastic. It costs $7,700 but includes a year's membership to the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. So now I'm like, I need to learn more. But we have had people come to us and said, you know, if you did you know, a, a tour of, of the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky or a tour of things right in Indiana where there's some really cool distilleries going on or, or, or maybe wineries or other things. Like, like we'd be interested. Like, people would be interested. The idea, And I know that I can't convince you, Fingers Malloy, to say, hey, we should do a cruise. No, you can't. <laughs> I'm not going to get on the SS Salmonilla for a week. Thank you. But, like, this kind of idea, now, I will admit, maybe it's just a bit of romantic in me. Love trains. Love, love, love it, and love the idea of doing it. But a train trip, either through America or through other parts of the world, where you can be trying different drinks of the area and trying cigars, tell me that doesn't sound awesome. Fingers, it's radio. You have to speak. That was my dramatic pause. Nope, no, nope, it doesn't, nope. sounded that's not like going to work. Sounded like dead air. Oh, okay. Uh, well, listen, this does sound a lot better than the Amtrak I threw. Uh, I rode on through Trenton, New Jersey. It sounds like there's a little bit more scenery. Uh, right. It's a scenic uh, trip. Uh, something like that. That does sound wonderful. And I, I really do hope, and you could talk me going on the Eat, Drink, Smoke cruise, by the way. I, I would do that for the show. Oh, would you? Yes, I would do that for the show. But no, this this does uh, intrigue me, uh, especially this the society, the secret society, right? Uh, the, the Scotch Malt. <laughs> Is there a secret handshake? Yeah, it's the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, 
Like, and there are there are those kinds of things, man. That's like something I I do need to kind of investigate more. There are these groups out there that do like they try things and they're they're big clubs and sometimes really small private boutique kind of thing. I think that's fun. But do you enjoy train travel? I do actually, very much. Very. Wh- why? What's what? <sighs> who hurt you? What happened on the train? Show me on the doll. Okay. Here's my problem with train travel. Okay. I saw this footage of this guy. You're the worst. He had uh, a curly mustache, and he put a package of dynamite, and he ran like 15 feet away, and he had this thing where he put the lever down, and there was a damsel in distress. And ever since I saw that clip, it, it may have been snivelly whiplash, and it may have been a cartoon, but still, that has affected me and impacted me to where I am kind of turned off by train travel. But I would do that for the show. Oh. I would, I would do the Scottish trip. You would overcome the woman tied to the train tracks before yeah. the show. Yes, I would. God bless uh, America. <laughs> I, I do think we should try and put together something somewhere. I have had so many people approach me saying we need to do some sort of eat, drink, smoke, bourbon tour. And, and I was, uh, listen, I, I, I never thought that we should do something like that. But the, the response I got when I threw it out to the room, it was like, I'm in. How can we do this? Let's get this done. I had one person volunteer to put the whole thing together. It was like, okay, well, clearly. There's interest. There's interest. There's interest. And, and, and we've heard, look, nothing, of course, until after coronavirus. Right. Nothing, of course, until, because it's it's not even a question of do you feel safe or not safe. It's that you don't feel confident in putting something together until you're sure that people aren't going to just lock you down again right. or, or quarantine or or limited capacity or whatever the case may be you got to you got to make sure it's right so when it's right we'll 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 do something now this was the story from medical express the top 10 workout myths and i was going through it i'm like this is a i think this is a good list rarely do you find a good list of of these things so myth number 1 on this is uh, about weight loss which neither fingers or I have to worry about. <laughs> Stick solely to cardio for weight loss. And of course, that's a myth, right? Working out, weights do a tremendous amount to help with weight loss. Strength training builds muscles, right? And maximizes, uh, it will help you maximize your cardio routine. So they both go hand in hand. And then the second myth, heavy weights will bulk you up. Now, isn't the purpose of lifting heavier weight to try and build more muscle? That's a myth. Yeah, but I, 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 like, I wasn't sure if, if that was not true. According to this, you have to work out just excessively to really build aggressively on the muscles, right? But I, I think everybody's different. Me, I have no interest in working out for, well, period. I have no interest in working out. <laughs> I have no interest in working out for bulk. I have an interest in working out for strength and for leanness, right? More than anything. Yeah, and you're seeing this myth really uh, get debunked with women. You're seeing a lot more women getting into strength training and and losing a little bit of the cardio, uh, and you're noticing that a lot. You know, I I started going back to the gym, Tony. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned it twice. Yes. So clearly, this is really my, having a my solid soon, effect on your life. The 17 year old. I'm calling her 17 because she's going to be 17 next week. She's like, we got to start going to the gym. We got to start going to the gym. And oh no 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 no! Can we not just overlook that? That you just had this. I can't believe my kid is 17. Moment. Are you okay? Are you going to cry? No, I'm not going to cry. Are you all right? Well, I, listen, I'm very grateful. Like, she's a good kid, and that she wants to hang out with me. Right. When she's going to going to be seventeen, and she wants to take dad to the gym with her. 
um, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. But they put me on this. They've got these weight machines where the trainer will uh, set you up, and the, the, the machines will adjust based on you got a little wristband, adjust the weights that go up to 1,000 pounds. 1,000? Uh, they, theoretically. Right. Of course, nobody's going to do that. Um, and uh, it, it's really neat. And I noticed that there were a lot of women doing this as well because a lot of women are turning to uh, weight training because, uh, you know, that, that myth has been busted that it's, oh, cardio, 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 cardio to lose weight. The number four on this list is that stretching helps prevent injuries. Stretching is beneficial, but there's no proven research that will reduce your chance of getting an, in, uh, an injury. Now, this, I think, is so remarkably legit, not in terms of whether or not it prevents injuries. Stretching is probably better for you than anything else. Because flexibility, you watch people who are older, I watch my parents, the, uh, the moving is difficult. Doing that, doing those kinds of stretches, keeping yourself in that level of limber, man, that's the stuff. Oh, is, is the objective to fit perfectly into the suit or is the objective to feel no pain? Flexibility really matters. If, you, if you're a golf fan, if you have seen Gary Player still play golf, it's amazing how much flexibility he has. And he's in his mid-80s. And he's, he's in his mid eighties. Yes, and he does his fitness regimen. So much of it is based on yoga and stretching and flexibility. I, listen, that they may not be true, but I've torn my hamstring before, and that's now fun. And it was, well, I believe, because I didn't stretch, I didn't warm up ahead of time. But that could be a situation where you were warm. walking down the street, weren't you? I was playing softball. Of course you were. Yeah, I'm so glad. It's a proud. I'm moment. so glad you're going to the gym now. <laughs> it is the Camacho Nicaraguan barrel aged. This has been enjoyable. This is really worth trying. Even the Gordo, it's a big size, but it's worth trying. And uh, the Puncher's Chance. Um, try it. Let us know. Fingers is a huge fan. I want you to try it. Puncher's Chance. Uh, it is three different kind of bourbons: four year, five year, and six year. Check it out for yourself. This is Eat Drink Smoke.